Many people feel ashamed and dejected when they lose their jobs. It is devastating for most people, as you can imagine. Layoffs are a grueling ordeal and can be an isolating experience. Last week, Paul Lim, senior lecturer of organisational behaviour and human resources at the Singapore Management University's Lee Kong Chian School of Business, shared some thoughts and practical tips on building personal resilience. But what about organisations? How do they find strength in adversity? In the second part of a two-part conversation on life at work, Paul and I talk about the proactive strategies organisations can implement to provide much-needed support during a tough transitional period, and what else you can do to stay resilient and hopefully prevent such an experience from happening to you. Life at work. Now there would be increased workload responsibilities as well as expectations for those who have remained. How do you think layoffs impact culture? Layoffs are never fun, Lindley. <laughs> I mean, definitely you're going to do the same amount of work or even more with fewer staff. People are not feeling good about it. They feel insecure psychologically. They're not safe. How am I going to continue? Am I going to be next? I wouldn't be surprised that the remaining staff might even send out CVs to other recruiters elsewhere or headhunters to just consider the options. So that said, through the history of retrenchments, organizations have survived. At the same time, the leader, you know, although you may be in a safe place, you must realize that the work goes on. They make do with it. It may not be ideal. It's going to be bumpy, and I think that it's just not going to be easy. That's how I feel. But what is the solution, Paul? You know, organizations always <laughs> preach about how their people are the greatest asset, but that's not <laughs> going to be quite enough, right? Uh, well, uh, people are an organization's greatest asset, but I think when push comes to shove, organizations have to make the very tough decision: mm. uh, Do I continue in that, or do I have to cut my losses? Because if I do not cut my losses, organizations will collapse. And mm. in the big picture, it's it's not possible. I mean, can you imagine the tech companies that we're thinking about, right? Or reported in the news, the big giants, tech giants. Can you imagine a world without those tech giants? And immediately our technology is gone. So philosophically, it's a tough question for those who are affected. It's definitely something that's jarring. It may not seem fair to them. But on the other hand, philosophically, are we doing the greatest good for the greatest number?、Mm. Paul, what kind of proactive strategies can organisations implement in the face of uncertainty, whether it's market downturn or cost cutting, or you know, like we mentioned earlier, layoffs? What can they do to perhaps foster a supportive work environment? That's a really interesting question, Denley,、uh, because、uh, I think what we are. Uh, going to now is something called organizational resilience,、mm. and it's something that I hope every organization, big or small, has、uh, contemplated about this because you're going to face headwinds regardless, right? Whether the industry is going through a good time, bad time, or even, for instance, Boeing, right,、mm. out of nowhere because one door came out of the <laughs> Alaskan Airlines plane, and suddenly there are so many problems coming at them, and once again, it's just. I'm not sure whether it was unexpected for them, but how does Boeing's CEO、uh, lead the charge to say let's fight back? And, and that's organizational resilience at one point.、Uh, the most important is leadership, right? So when we think about leadership, we want to、uh, imagine Sir Winston Churchill. He said, "We'll fight on the beaches,、uh, we'll fight in the fields, we will fight in the villages, and all that kind of thing." It's basically the leader must lead the charge. Right in terms of rallying people around when times are tough, and at the same time to be able to have had the foresight 
to put in place certain things to buffer the organization. And it's interesting because I had a conversation with some senior management members at a company called Pontiac Land Group, right? Pontiac Land mm, Group. They, mm-hmm. they deal with commercial hospitality stuff. Um, okay. I think they have Capella Hotel and, yep. you know, Millennia Tower. Mm-hmm. So they were sharing with me something that they were going to roll out. And I was pretty impressed, I must say. And this is something that they said that we want to do it as a proactive manner in order to buffer our employees and staff co-workers against all the challenges of life. And they basically broke it down into three uh, acronyms, right? A, C, E, ACE. First, A is awareness, and then C is for coping, and E is for engagement. So, A, C, E, ACE. You're full of acronyms, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's meant to be bite-sized. So, 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 the A, awareness, talks about uh, providing awareness for staff members on what to look out for in your co-workers, how can supervisors look out for their staff? You know, are they not feeling okay for that day? You know, these days, mental health, mental wellness is a big thing. And so how do you detect the signs? So awareness is something that has to be regular, has to be what you call education. I think the word is psychoeducation for, mm-hmm. for all staff members. A C is for coping. So coping would be like programs, activities to help people you know, relieve their stress. And so they're thinking about this. Uh, e is engagement, and I think they're thinking about uh, interest groups, how to stay connected to the organization that you feel like when the bonds are created, you know that you are in a safe place. So I think the underlying thing they want to provide is psychological safety. So with that psychological safety, then you won't feel like, wow, you know, as an organization, when we face the headwinds, I'm alone. And then I start to think that I got to jump ship to somewhere because I don't feel safe in this organization. Okay. This was just shared with me. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, this is amazing. And I said that, well, you hired some experts for this. And they said, no, mm. they actually came together. And that's the nice thing. They actually came together. Wow. Uh, they were not trained to put together something like that. And from a counseling psychology point of view, they are spot on. This is what organizations can emulate to help an organization face the whatever headwinds they're going to come mm-hmm. to hit them head on. So to put the employees and staff in a better place. Wow. Yeah, layoffs definitely is something that could happen to anyone. We need to be prepared for it. So I'm just wondering, from an organizational standpoint, who plays the most critical role in creating a resilient workforce? Wow. I mean, for me, I teach on leadership, so Mm. I'll point at the the leader, right? Mm. Not HR? (laughs) Oh, no. HR is a very convenient... You know, but I mean, so so why why I'm saying this is HR can lead the charge, but if there's no buy-in from top leadership, it's not going to work, mm. right? It's just going to be checking a box. When we say an organization lives and breathes what the top leader believes in, it makes a huge difference when you go to an organization that is doing something for just checking the box and when the organization actually practices what they preach. Paul, what kind of steps should people take to regain that stability? Concrete steps, perhaps something like upskilling or even reskilling? Definitely. You know, I when, when I look at the different generations, the baby boomers and the Gen X, we, we work very hard, you know, in a single job and then we stick to the job. But I think maybe the, the, the millennials and the Gen Zs know something, you know, they have what we call in their terms side hustles, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, side jobs. And it's interesting because I've seen the evolution of how employee contracts from HR would be, you know, you're not allowed to work in any other job. You know, you must be faithful to the company because company pays you. So you don't want to do things on your off time. Mm. But it's interesting that now among my students who have graduated, a lot of them openly, you know, in front of their bosses, they, they know 
and declare that, you know, I've got a side hustle. Wow. And the companies that I come to accept it. So I think side hustles to many companies, not all, let me say this first. I think there are some companies and organizations that frown on this. Uh, so please check with your HR to see whether this is acceptable or not, right? And mm. they have side jobs like selling essential oils. I know this particular card game, right? To start conversations there. People are working their jobs, but they've started this card game to help, you know, treat people in the, in, 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 in the what you call it, society. So I think as the young people, we can learn something from them, right? They have all these aspirations of what society should be and the work may not provide for it but they're going to these side jobs for different reasons rather than just money but definitely if you can start thinking about uh, taking the additional qualification that helps you get to somewhere that you think would be good for you one thing i want to quickly say is this try not to fit the industry to you if that makes sense right? That means to say that if you see this industry, wow, the pay is great, the salary is great, but you know nothing about it, and you want to change yourself and your personality and your makeup to try and fit that industry, you're going to suffer because that might not suit you. Rather, change the industry to you. And what I mean is that if you are really good at something, and it may not pay as much, but you know that this is something you can hone. It's a hobby. It's a skill that you can hone over time. Do it right? Because then you will be valued when you move on to that industry, right? The salary may not be very high, but you'll be very good at it. And I always believe in this. Money really chases people who are good at what they do. All right. Thank you very much, Paul, for sharing your insights and your perspectives on this difficult topic, building resilience in the face of uncertainty. Happy to have this conversation, Lindley. Paul Lim, Senior Lecturer of Organisational Behaviour and Human Resources at the Lee Kong Chien School of Business at Singapore Management University. Life at Work. 